Okay, so everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Knowing God podcast. My name is Anike Akinbode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I also want you to understand that the host of this show is the Holy Spirit. I am not the one doing the talking. I completely suppress anything in me and I allow the Holy Spirit to do the talking for me. So the Holy Spirit welcomes you in our midst. Before we begin, we always have to say an opening prayer, and I'm going to do that right now. So, Heavenly Father, we just give you all praise and glory and honor. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be able to be here again on another Wednesday as we open up your word and learn more of you so that as we live each day, we get to shine forth your glory, not ours, and that we pray in the name of Jesus that those who come in contact with us will have an encounter with you, oh God. That is how much we want to connect with you. That is how much we want to understand your word. And so we just pray that the Holy Spirit will be in our midst and that the Holy Spirit will speak through me and through my lovely guest, Lily, who is joining us. And we just ask, Lord God, that you take total control and that your words bring life to what we are going to say today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, I know you're hearing another sound. That is the sound of one of my beautiful friends from long, 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 long time, um, <laughs> who is also a lover of God, a follower of Christ. She is the daughter of the Most High. Okay, guys, so get ready for today's show. Her name is Mrs. Lilias John. We welcome you. We welcome you. Welcome you. She is a financial stylist, aka financial guru. She will have your finances on point. So make sure you are following her on Instagram at my life as Lily J. Right? Yes. Ah, boom! I got it. So make sure you guys follow her on Instagram as well and subscribe to her website. So when you go in there, click that link. Make sure you're doing you're doing everything that she tells you financially. Trust me, I'm on that path right now. She's really good at that. Um, she's also. It, from a family of eight. Yes, Lily has six beautiful children and she's got some grown kids. So you're probably looking at her. She's off the market. Okay, y'all. She might look young, but she's <laughs> off the market. She's been off the market for some years now. Okay. But that's what the glory of God does to us. So sis, I welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So we are doing Exodus chapter 12 and 13 today. And usually I just like to kind of recap for those who are consistently listening so that they kind of have an idea of, okay, yeah, that was where we left off. Now I can continue. So we did chapters 9, 11, uh, 9, 10, and 11. Um, and it was so interesting because usually I just do two chapters per episode, but it was like, no, we have to get to the meat of this so that we can see what's going to happen next. Um, and obviously the fifth plague, the sixth plague, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth plagues, um, were given to us from chapters 9 through 11 and these plagues again was to prove God's power and one of the things that uh, that came to me um, out of many but one of the things that really struck out is God gives God takes whatever God wants to do he can do he can soften your heart he can harden your heart as long as he's going to show that he is the I am and we noticed that that was something he did with Pharaoh and I likened Pharaoh to the afflictions that we face today you know, even as Christians, because these are the Israelites that are that have been promised a promised land and they're trying to get out of that. And there is a wall. There's a stumbling block. There's an affliction or afflictions that's holding them back. Their affliction, their stumbling block, their wall, their Goliath is Pharaoh in this mm -hmm. instance in Egypt. And so how when we read these these uh, scriptures, yes, there's a story to it. Yes, these are accounts of the people who experienced it. But how do we 
tailor that to our lives today as Christians or even as Gentiles who want to know God to understand what has been happening. And so these plagues were always to show God's power that he is the almighty. And even though Moses from time to time was getting very stubborn and was like, why did you pick me for this journey? I mean, they're not listening. He's forgetting that God said, I am going to harden his heart so that he will know that I am the almighty. Um, and so we're getting to that to see how Pharaoh was coming to it. So before we even go to chapters 12 and 13, I, I think you've treated Exodus already, right? Mm-hmm. The book, you, you've done the book of Exodus, right? Yeah. Okay. So from that chapters one to 11 so far, if for, from whatever you can remember, because I know every time we read the Bible, God shows us something new, <laughs> but how, how would you start seeing what's going on before we get into the Passover instituted? So for me, the book of Exodus is an amazing story mm-hmm. because you're seeing one, God's people whom he loved under the leadership of someone who doesn't know him right doesn't know him doesn't like him Mm -hmm. and has allowed that to be and so you think about where we sit today in this country in america you know we're god's people and we are sitting under the leadership often of presidents vice presidents that don't know god Mm -hmm. You know, and we have to know how to function and operate within that dynamic. And what you see here was in Egypt, you know, the Israelites still had to work for Pharaoh. They couldn't rise up and say, we're not going to do this because Mm -hmm. we're people of God. They had to still be obedient to the leadership that was there Mm -hmm. until such a time. God came in and told them to do different. And even then it wasn't him asking them to rebel. He led them out of Egypt. Hmm. So I I, I look at this and I always, you know, we, we often want to insert ourselves into the story, but if we're going to insert ourselves into the story, let's remember that God leads. That's right. That's, That's right. The message. That is right. Thank you very much for that. So it's pretty much on point with what, what we've been saying. And it's so funny you say that because in one of the episodes I had my husband on and he mentioned the same thing. Like it's no matter what, God is not asking us to go out there and be rebellious. No, right. I'm actually telling you that this is, he, it's like he, he gave this warning. I'm going to do this, meaning trust me. Mm-hmm. Behold, beholding is becoming. And it's like, just trust me for that moment that I am going to do this. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but it's going to happen. I just need you to trust me and I need you to have that faith. And right. that that definitely ties into what you're saying today, that we may be under the reins of leadership that we n- don't necessarily agree with because it doesn't yes. align with our, our own faith. However, how do we live under this type of leadership and still standing firm in our um, relationship with God? That's it. And amen. So now, with that being said, we're going to go right into chapter 12, and I'm just going to read. And in between, sometimes, there's a message that comes. So please feel free to say, whoa, something hit me. Let's let's stop there for a moment, because that's what this is about. It's Bible study. All right. So I read chapter 12, and the uh, subtitle starts off with the Passover instituted. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, this month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, 
Every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. So now I want to stop real quick. Yeah. So Lily and I, for those who are listening, we both have Bible studies that uh, we, we join each other's Bible studies. And of course, you know, life happens. So we might not be able to always be there. But one of the things that we have all come to the conclusion, not conclusion, but have come to an understanding is the days that we're living in is not the same as Bible days. Right. So seven, God, you know, finishing up with the earth in seven days does not mean our Gregorian calendar seven days. It could have been years according to bible time yeah it could have been years according to bible time but because we're reading it from a carnal eye we're assuming oh yeah seven days so yeah so it's got to be saturday or sunday that's the seventh day we nobody really knows which day it is because it might not have been the seven days we're actually living today and that takes me into here when he says this month shall be your beginning of months it shall be the first month of the year to you so the first month of the year to the Hebrews, the Israelites, and now obviously the podcast could go forever and ever if we decide <laughs> we want to go into that. But Lily, please, from your knowledge of or your understanding of what is referred to as this shall be your first month, what have you studied in your Bible study to understand what month he's referring to? What tenth of every month is uh, the Lord referring to in this uh, verses? Yeah. So, so just to go back to the days of the week, so I've. Yeah. I've understood it to be that um, that the seven days of a week have not necessarily changed mm. that it you know but we know that when we read the Bible there's often um, symbolism representation so potentially it could be more but we want to hold to the we I hold to the seven days of the week but I yes, know of course yeah. I do know that the way that we count the day is different than the Bible. So mm -hmm. in the Bible, the night comes first and then the day comes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We start with day first and then night. So that's one thing that has changed. The first month unto you. So in Hebrew, the first month is what's called Nisan. Nisan, yes. And that is somewhere between March and April. Mm -hmm. So I agree that the Gregorian calendar that we follow right now that puts the new year in the middle of the winter right. is quite strange. Um, because you, when you think of new, you don't think of dark and cold. Mm. Um, so in my studies, that's what I had learned as well, that that the first month to the Hebrews that the Lord assigned to the Hebrews was not January. It was sometime around the beginning of spring. Right. And then now we get into verse three, speak to all the congregation of Israel saying on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. What does this lamb represent? Mm -hmm. So here the lamb we haven't gotten far enough yet for us to talk about the lamb as mm -hmm. as foreshadowing Christ, but mm -hmm. it will be considered a foreshadowing Christ. The lamb in the Bible is always considered like this, the small sacred animal, the one that is an acceptable sacrifice mm. um, to God. And we get, gosh, I don't want to quote the chapter wrong, but we get um, instructions 
for which animals are acceptable for sacrifice, what's acceptable as clean, and the land is always in that category. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. So I like how you let everyone know that Nissan is the name of the month that's given and it's somewhere between March and April. Yes, because even in my study, that's what I learned. So it made me wonder why January? So when you look up, if you just do the the, nat- the normal Googling, right? Uh, mm-hmm. in, in January in Latin means Lanuiorus or something like that. And it's named after a god, a Roman god called Janus. Yes. Which represents the god of beginnings and transitions. Mm-hmm. But that's in Roman mythology. So we know that the god that we serve, there's no myth about it. Right? So that's just right. that definition in itself <laughs> tells you these type of people or this nation created something so basically let's look at it this way so that our listeners can really understand since we don't really have time to break down a lot of things but it gives you an idea of what you can go and search yourself so definitely type in january kind of get an understanding of it come back to the scriptures and 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 do the correlation yourself and to start to try to understand but ask the holy spirit to lead you so that you will gain understanding but i basically just want to say from the beginning of time right the book of revelations not to go ahead says that john saw the vision of a woman pregnant in pain getting ready to give birth to who they said was going to it wasn't a woman in its literal sense that is israel right from israel is where this child was supposed to come and take back the bride take back god's people so to speak so from the beginning of time the dragon aka the serpent aka satan or the devil whatever you want to call him has been after god's people to try Mm -hmm. and stop it now again if we go into the new testament we realize that the devil thought he won but he didn't know that his spirit christ was coming back so he lost so now time is against him because he already knows his judgment so that's basically what it is today if we look at what the roman catholics or the roman people in general have created it's all a way to deviate from truth Mm-hmm. all the way to kind of sidetrack. So it's just for people to kind of get an understanding as far as historical is concerned, but everything has a spiritual meaning to it as well. And this mm-hmm. is why we read the Bible and seek wisdom from the Holy Spirit so that we don't misinterpret or misunderstand something. And then you start you start practicing something you shouldn't be practicing. Right. Um, yeah, so we'll go further. So verse four, and if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house Take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. And this is what uh, Lily was saying, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Verse seven says, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning and what remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. Okay, so I'm stopping at 10. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of to go back a bit. There's certain instructions about this because again, like Lily mentioned, the sheep 
without blemish it because our god is holy our mm-hmm. god is pure it, it cannot have any type of blemish sort of the same way he wants his bride to be without blemish he yeah. knows we're born into sin but because we have come to know him then our job is to work towards being as clean as possible you know uh, according to the word according to his instructions and so here what i always wanted to understand and hopefully my sister will be able to give us some more insight then they shall eat the flesh on that night roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water now we know that we want the sheep to be without blemish why is it so specific as to how we should eat it yeah so i think about this in terms of the total sacrifice mm. and so when we consider total sacrifice you know this is why it must have its head with its legs still attached all its entrails mm. this is why it must be roasted with fire and not boiled that there is when we talk about sacrifice what we see is when they burn the sacrifice in the bible yeah the, it says the aroma was mm. pleasing to god right and so there's something about his order that is just the proper way um and if you deviate from that you're not participating in the total sacrifice right right it's right. it's it wasn't they were able to eat lamb on any other day right mhm in any other type of preparation they wanted but when it came to this specific meal it had to be prepared god's way and we could probably look deeper to see you know what the um bitter herbs you know i know the unleavened bread is to you know we read further in the bible that adding right. ye- adding yeast the yeast is mixing mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. it's the mixing and so you take it has to be unleavened bread because you know a little yeast leavens the whole lump and because it starts to duplicate itself right. it can it can take over and so this is it's in line with the concept of purity that pure mm-hmm. holiness when we talk about um roasting it with fire yes unleavened bread and and we we can look deeper into the the bitter herbs part um but just the order of being acceptable to god this is like further confirmation to me that you cannot approach him all willy-nilly. Mm. Right? So you know, this is going to make me go into something. Something that uh my husband and I talk about a lot and also with um a prophetess, right? She always says it is very important before you decide you want to pick up the Bible and do anything to make sure that after any sexual encounter with your partner, you clean up. Mhm. But a lot of people don't really look into that, right? They're like, "Oh, but God sees my heart, but God wants you to come clean." Think about it. Sex mm-hmm. really defiles, especially even the bed. So it's like nobody who wants to go through the stress of I want to keep cleaning these sheets because we just had it on here. What if the angels decide to come and bring a blessing? They can't come where the, the room is smelling of you know, what he what was in what 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 was intended for us to not have to do, we ended up having to do. It's, it's still considered some form of uncleanliness, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we come clean before God? And I remember I used to battle with that a lot. Like, but I want to read the Bible. What does sex have to do with anything? Yeah, but you're not clean. You just did something that's unclean. You need to go and at least shower off and do this. What do you think of that? It's like you want to come before God. That's number 1. Wait, I got you. Then number 2, 
to look into this even deeper, I kind of liken it to when God is about to do something big in your life, you, he may want you to come to him in fasting and in prayer. You mm -hmm. deny yourself of everything that pleases you. Like they deny themselves of the way they would probably normally eat this meat. But God has something that he wants to do, something that's really big, which, you know, we're going to read into that, right? He, there's something God really wants to do. And so in order to make this happen, I need you all to come to me without blemish, clean, not having done anything. There's mm -hmm. even some parts where it says, um, do not even know your wife. I think it, like if you look at David's life after, you know, David, you like to frolic with his woman. But every time he finished with them, he always went and cleaned himself. Mm-hmm. And that was where it kind of got me and said, okay, yeah, he does that. David was the apple of God's eye. That makes sense. How do you understand that? So I think I understand it a little bit differently. You know, mm -hmm. if you are married, it says the marriage bed, the Bible tells us the marriage bed is undefiled. Right. And so, you know, I've definitely, we have prayed, you know, before or after I've talked to God, you know, because there is, during that time, that union is supposed to represent, that's the closest relationship you can have in this life, right? And it's supposed right. to represent Jesus and us, right? The bride and the groom, mm -hmm, us mm -hmm. being the church coming together and becoming one. And so I don't, I don't necessarily look at it in that same way. I've never understood it in that way that there's some sort of like cleaning process you need to do be before going to God when you're married now when you're unmarried i could see where you're like you just committed a sin right, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you've just committed a sin then thinking that you're going to commit this sin and then go to church without taking a shower you're you know you just disrespectful now at this point you know so when we're married sex is no longer a sin no it says the marriage bed is undefiled that's the bible says it is better to get married than to burn. So right. sex outside of marriage, you are putting yourself at risk to burn. There's no burn if you're married, right? So it's it's not a sin to have sex within the covenant of marriage. Covenant of marriage allows sex to occur. Now, let's be clear. With the understanding that it is just the two of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So you know what? I'm agreeing with you. I'm, don't 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 think I'm 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 not even against you because these were all the things I said until it now became. These are the words that Paul shares with us that he says, and I believe God backs me up when I say this, right? And I said yes. Paul usually makes it very clear if it's the words of God or if it's coming from him as um as authority under God, so to speak. And so now I said, how are you trying to make me see this? And one thing the prophet has said is. Many times, a lot of us are not spiritually awakened to the understanding of some things. And people think that if it's not in the Bible, it's not a problem. It doesn't exist. But what God, God is still in the business of revealing things to people today. And it doesn't yes. have to be in the Bible, right? So I guess she's coming from a place of revelation for that has been revealed to her in terms of this because the church has had this complaint oh why can't we you know perform oral sex anymore why can't we do these things isn't it our husband it's our man it's our woman why can't we and she said she had to go into prayer because these are fair questions if this is their partner what's wrong with it you know and god will show certain things to her that might not necessarily be in the bible but she may be able to find some scripture that can sort of relate to it 
And so it comes back to this again, saying we're looking at this from a spiritual aspect. If we want to serve God in spirit and in truth, he is a God without blemish. So yes, it is not sinful because you have come together. This is the explanation. You have come together as one, you are united. God is okay with that. But when you have something special that you want from God, if you're about to go into a, a fast or something, like you're seeking something from God, you want to come to him pure. So when you are taking that bath, it's sort of a representation spiritually that you're trying to wash away the, the aroma of that. God doesn't want the aroma of anything that is technically considered undefiling. When we eventually become one with God, I don't think anybody's going to be engaged in the sexual acts anymore. I, at least that's how I believe it. I don't think that's mm -hmm. going to be happening. You know, so it, it, it further establishes that God is very sovereign, is very holy, is very pure. And at some point that all of that is going to be done away with. We're just given that opportunity to engage in that because of obviously sin that has already entered into the earth. So to make it okay, make sure that this is someone you love, you're married and you come together. But does that necessarily mean it's okay right after sex to say, I want to go and pray to God now and open up the Bible. If we look at it from a spiritual standpoint, understanding that we serve God in spirit, right? And in truth. Yeah, I think that's going to be, you know, Private revelations are a tough thing because yeah. if it's not in the Bible, then anyone can dispute what someone else is saying. And there are often times that they're, you know, God knows what each person is capable of doing, or, I agree. Mm -hmm. as well as what they struggle with. And so there are often times where between you and the Holy Spirit, there are things that you're required to do that I may not be required to do because I don't have the same weakness. And so that is where I think an issue like this comes about. Mm. You know, there is, there is, um, you know, we have to be careful to not put ourselves into unnecessary bondage or unnecessary ritual. Mm. Um, you know, because the Bible tells us once we are in Christ, we are already clean. So there is no additional cleansing that needs to happen if you have sex with them. You're already clean once you're in Christ, you know? So I think that's one of those things where it may have been private revelation. It may have not been for the full group. It may not be for everyone. It's something that you would have to explore individually between you and the Holy Spirit and see what understanding you're given about that topic. Yeah, I think I can agree with you to that point. I think I can see both sides. But again, like you said, we can't take away from whether there has been revelation given to you, um, is it just for you? Is it tailored to the people you were praying about? Or, or was that general? And it would be mm -hmm. very hard to prove that that is general. Hence the reason why everyone right. should be in spirit majority of the time. So, because then maybe you'll see it from a different eye. So yeah, there is definitely um, an, an opening for some argument there, or not argument, but more like discussion when it comes mm -hmm. to that. Okay, mm -hmm. that is good. Thank you, Lord. All right. So uh, verse 11, and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Amen. So let's, let's look at 11 <laughs> for a moment because yeah. here is an interesting thing right it's mm -hmm. telling you that gave you the process of how to cook it mm -hmm. it gave you now the process of how to eat it but when we go to the new testament at the last supper 
Mm-hmm. Jesus and the disciples do not eat, or at least they don't mention that they're eating the Passover with their loins girded, their shoes on their feet, and a staff in their hand. Right. It's actually, they're, they're eating the Passover meal. It's prepared. We don't, we, we assume that it's still prepared to the same standard, meaning that it's roasted with the unleavened bread and the bitters. Blood is not being put over the doors on the doorpost during Passover right. when Jesus because had Christ the last now supper. Represents, yeah, because he now represents what this lamb represented here. Right, but they didn't know that yet. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, I, I think we are, we are speaking ahead of time. Yeah. But, yeah, they, didn't, they didn't know that yet. Right. Um, but you don't see in the Last Supper, you don't, you don't hear them say that they ate it standing up. <laughs> you know, with their with their shoes on and their staff. So this seemed to be a very specific. Um, well, he's process. speaking to Moses directly here, right? But right? they're then rem- well. Again, we're getting ahead of ourselves because then they're later told to yes, repeat yes, yes. the Passover annually. They're right, told to repeat the Passover. The yeah. So, but. That's because it's in, mem- in, in because it's in remembrance of this particular day. Yes, it's in, exactly. Yes. It's in mm-hmm. remembrance of what God did for them, yes. how He spared them mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the angel of death, which we haven't gotten to yet. So right. keep, let's we keep go, going. <laughs> we'll go in there. So um, I'm so glad because I was going to say let's let's treat that eleven real quick. Um, and I understood it to be you know Moses. There will be no time to sit around. You, you right. Gotta, we we got to start executing this. And so now twelve. And I wrote um, sometimes I. Read my Bible too, but I wrote a little thing on the side and I, I did it as a prayer. And this is a prayer for all of us that are listening. Like how he said he will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and, the, and every firstborn will be sh- um, stricken except the house of the Israelites, right? And we, we'll get into that. And the prayer there is that in the name of Jesus, like the day of rapture, may we all be raptured mm-hmm. and not forgotten. <laughs> Amen. So I just wanted to put that <laughs> prayer there because this in itself, chapter 12, verse 12, is a prayer. Yeah, You know, when you go and he says he will pass through the land, everybody is going to, and that's going to be his judgment. But when we read further, and let's go into 13, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Amen. Hey, that's a big amen to verse 13. And I mm-hmm. liken 13, I don't even say liken, but what God showed me. So when this whole pandemic happened, right? I remember it was a few days after celebrating my daughter's birthday and it was all over the news and and everybody was just panicking and the world is getting sick, which was a great way to get everyone panicking, right? Because it's not mm-hmm. just one country. It was like nations being affected by this. And I remember it was so audible in my ear. I think I shared it with you guys and I'm gonna share it again. I said, the, the voice I heard was, "Do it was audible, do not fear. That was it. And the moment I heard that, I changed the channel because every single channel was talking about it. And I said, right. we're going to go on um, Netflix and we're going to watch uh, there's these um, Mount Zion movies, like uh, Christian movies and stuff. And the guy mm-hmm. is really, really good. And so mm-hmm. I said, we're going to watch those things. In fact, me and my husband, the whole family, we adopted reading the Bible every day. So it's just to get our minds off. But my mom got sick. My husband mm-hmm. got really, really sick to where he was crawling, couldn't breathe. All these things were happening to him. His chest was like folding in, all of that. Me and my daughter did not get sick, thank you, Jesus. And to this day, we did not. And I say this to say, one, yes, I kept ourselves away from them. 
but we were still in the same house. And if it was the way they said it was, the way it spreads, we should have gotten sick. But I, I held on to that voice, do not fear. And immediately it took me here. Yeah. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses. And then remember what I shared with you guys um, in Bible study. I think I shared it in yours, um, even in, in, in mine as well. When I said the, the, that January 1st of that year, because we usually stay the night through into the next day in the church. And in that year, I remember one of the ladies going into a trance, spiritual trance. And when the angel of God was speaking, he said, a wind will blow across nations and it will cause death. It will cause people to be sick, but my people will not die from this. And so we were asked to get a bottle of water or oil, whatever it is, and pray into it, put it over our doorpost. To this day, by the grace of God, not any member of our church or family died from this sickness. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, they got sick, but they didn't die from it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was very hard for a lot of people to understand Oh, all these innocent lives are dying and dying. No one is innocent. That's number one <laughs> on this earth. It used to, I, it, people would come at me for that. Like, oh, what do you mean? They were really a good person every time. Did you see them every day? Every minute of the day? Do you see them in secret? <laughs> well, and if you don't know God, you're not good. Nothing and, is good and, apart and from him. God bless you. That's it. <laughs> that, that's it. That is really, really the, the bulk of it. You know, so when you when you read verse 12, um, 13, actually, what sticks out for you? You know, it just it 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 does make me think about um, future, right? Like for yeah. the rapture. Yeah. Funny, funny story. So we were having work done in our house um, and the contractor's name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And one day my husband sent me a text message, but I read the message as, is Jesus there? And when I tell you, I stopped in my tracks, mm. like, wait, is the rapture today? <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured you too. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I totally stopped in my tracks. Like, wait. Is Jesus here? Like, is Jesus here is, wait, with me right now? I hope so. <laughs> Please take me. Oh. So, but I, it makes me think about that future, right? Because in the end, only those who have the seal are going to be saved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there will be no scamming God for a seal, mm. right? Think about people with the pandemic right how many people scam right Mm. like to say they're vaccinated when they're not you can't fake the blood on your door right the 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 israelites could not fake the blood on their door in the end of days no one will be able to fake the seal to be sealed by god when we read about the king who has the wedding the wedding dinner no one could fit being a part of the wedding party because they didn't have on the right clothes right this this relationship with god the preservation salvation redemption it's his it's his to to describe define and assign oh yes Right. And this message of the blood will be on your door and it'll be a sign that when I see the blood, I'll pass over you and shall not 
come upon you or destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. There's not one Egyptian who could have avoided that fate. The same way those of us who are saved, those who are unsaved will be unable to avoid final judgment. And this still hurts God. You understand? Like, of course, there's nothing to say. God doesn't want to eradicate his people, but his word is his word and it stands. He doesn't go back on it, you know? And so you got to choose a side and you choosing a side is just like how God's word is final that you're telling me this is final. This is what I want. And so you're going to have to suffer the consequence for it in anything that we do in life. Well, and let me say something to just God's generosity, even Hmm. in this moment. Yeah. When Israel was redeemed from Egypt, God did not individually assess each Israelite. Exactly. If you had the blood on your door, you You were were saved. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. That is not the case today. (laughs) This will not be, oh, so I hang out with Lily and Lily saved and so now I'm good. No. Right. Right. <laughs> that is not how it goes. Or my mom was saved and my grandmother was saved, so now I must be saved too. No. <laughs> Each person has to choose Christ for themselves. The Bible oh, says yes. Jesus is the way and the light. Yes. And you must go through that door individually now. Yep. Israel was saved collectively. Salvation is personal. Now, hold on. And again, jumping ahead. After they were redeemed out of Egypt, those who did not really believe were destroyed. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's be clear on that. <laughs> when we they didn't going get into a Ezekiel, free- yeah. <laughs> right? They got a partial free pass. They were redeemed out of Egypt so God could be who he said he is. He said that he would let yeah. them go into slavery temporarily and then he would come back for them. He held to his word. He came back for them. He, he redeemed them. But those who did not believe or who were playing around or who felt like they were better off in slavery in Egypt, they were destroyed later. Mm. So this is why the book of Exodus is so good, because it's a lesson. If you just read one part, if you just read here, we'll picture of what happened later. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it's so interesting. You can also use the book of Exodus to also understand the seals in Revelation. But that's a whole different, that's a whole deeper meaning for another day. Yes. Um, thank you for that, Lily. Yes. And so verse 14 now says that, so this day shall be to you a memorial and yeah. you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. That's yes. a big word there. Ordinance. Yes. Yes. Verse 15. Oh, you want to go ahead? You want to talk about that real quick? No, go ahead. Oh, okay. And verse 15 says, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. There goes seven days. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. Uh, for whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. What does that say? Again, this is that order. Yep. Right. This is that order that we saw with the lamb. And this, when you talk about the ordinance, this is something that the Jews still have to adhere to today. Yes, indeed. The Passover between Israel and God. So they must hold to that until 
their until Jesus returns or until they accept Christ. Yep. Right? If they accept Christ and become a Jew for Jesus, now they're free from the bondage of the Mosaic covenant. Yes. But if they are holding to the fact that they're still awaiting their Messiah, this ordinance of the Passover is a requirement every year in the first month of the Hebrew year, starting on the 10th day with the actual Passover on the 14th. Amen to that. On the six, on verse 16, it says, On the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them, but that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. So you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on this same day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. And he's basically just expressing that again. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of the land. Yep. So this is adherence now. Mm-hmm. If you call yourself being a part of this nation, then you must adhere to the ordinance that was set forth by the God of these people that you are dwelling with. Right. You shall eat nothing leavened in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. Okay. So very quickly, because I see how time is. Time goes. That's how good the Bible is. But... um. I know we, this is something we talk about when we now refer to Easter. Mm-hmm. And this plays some role in it. And definitely as we go on further in the Bible, we'll also read some parts in Leviticus. And then we also go into, obviously, the New Testament of how this all works out. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't anywhere here say that you shall be celebrating Ishtar. Well, at least <laughs> that's how we know it, right? So, right. But, but please, for those who are listening, you can look that up as well, but it's called Ishtar, which AKA today, they call it Easter. Um, and it's it's so interesting because the, the Roman Catholic, when they took this Easter day, they tried to, remember the devil is a copycat. I'm not calling Romans devils, please guys. I'm just saying, the devil is a copycat and it's not that the the people just wake up and say they want to be that way the enemy will find people who are already trying to find their own power it just makes it easy for him to use them to create confusion once again mm-hmm. and and how i see it is easter sort of came out of this with its own agenda so you think you're celebrating what is said in the bible but not necessarily because you're calling it a whole different name you're bowing to a whole different god unknowingly at least for those who don't know yeah that's mm-hmm. exactly right right when you're deceived you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so when you now come to the knowledge and i think that goes back to what you were saying in the previous verses is now that you have come to the knowledge of the god of the israelites and you now deviate from it you fall away again we learn more of that in the new in the um, new testament of course but you now fall away from that you can't blame God for whatever happens next because you knew. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. There's this a responsibility. Say, this is a walk. It's not a race. Yeah. It's a walk. <laughs> and it, and it and it's a responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a responsibility that comes with walking with God, 
and while he's patient and gives us grace yeah. we're not allowed to abuse it either exactly exactly so verse 21 now says then moses called for all the elders of israel and said to them pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the passover lamb and you shall take a bunch of hyssop dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out of the door of this of his house until morning I don't know. I know many people might be asking, what is hyssop? I hear this hyssop. What is hyssop? What do you know hyssop to be? I'm not sure. Is this, I think I had looked that up before. So it's supposed to be a type of herb. Right. Like, well, I want to say something like a parsley. Yes, it looks like that. It's, so, yeah. it's a, like one of those flower plants, kind of. Yeah. It's out of Europe somewhere. I did. Um, I did look. I've looked it up before, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Right. But I do. What from what I remember, it's um something that I know that they use at least today. How they define it, it like grows out of the ground. It's more used for medicinal purposes, mm-hmm. which obviously all herbs that God put on this earth has some medicinal purpose to it. But that's how um it's defined. Um, and then the smell, that aroma somehow is pleasing to God. The hyssop. So there must be some more more spiritual connotations to that particular plant. Yeah. That's the way I'm seeing it. Like, because if you notice in Revelation, just to deviate real quickly, sorry, listeners. Um there when 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 the seals, when they're talking about the seals, and I think when they wanted to unleash the wrath, and he said, Do not touch the grass and the herbs of that field, or something like that, to mm-hmm. that effect. Yeah. So there are certain plants that ha- that have a lot of representation spiritually for God. So I wonder if hyssop is kind of like in um, Psalm 51. Purge me, um, wash me clean with hyssop, wash me with the blood of Christ, you know, and the um, the mercy prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, It says it again. So hyssop has a very, and I think that's uh, something you can definitely look into more and probably do during, oh, and just to, Shameless plug, throw that in there, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, you're listening to Lily S. John, my wonderful guest on the show. Please make sure that you uh, follow her on Instagram, not only on her regular page as My Life is Lily J, but also Just Mom Talk Podcast, okay? I mentioned earlier, family of eight, all right? So she's the mother <laughs> of seven. Yes, our husbands are included, okay? They are children. <laughs> See how she laughs? They are children as well. So yes, and she does it all and still looks good doing it. So who other than to talk about raising kids? She's got all different age ranges in her home. We've got two that are practically adults. They're living in yeah. their own world too um, and still trying to make them understand the purpose of having Christ in their life. So definitely, definitely tune in. She has great advice um, to give everyone great suggestions. They say, what is it? Psychiatrists say when I was studying counseling that we don't say it, we don't give advice, we give suggestions because people take advice to the heart and if it doesn't work, they come back and blame you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she gives great suggestions on how you can, um, you know, maybe change your perspective of certain things that are not working for you. Hey, this is what I tried and it worked for me. Maybe you can try this. So please make sure you are following her on those platforms. And we also have Bible studies and she shares how you can be a part of her Bible study as well um, every Saturday. And um, you can also join her Bible study group on Instagram as well. So I'll have to throw that out there. (laughs) Thank you. So the podcast has not launched yet. It is launching Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. So you guys heard it first here. She didn't even say the date yet. 
Yes. Publicly. So you guys are hearing it first. Hey, June 28th. Okay. Yes. Will awesome, be the first awesome. episode. So I look forward to it. I've yes. So do I. I can't wait. I, I'm going to have to have you on as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I can't wait. All right. So let's try to finish up. It looks like we're probably only treating 12, but 13 isn't so long. So maybe we can get through it. Maybe we'll read it and then we'll just kind of give a full, um, full on summary. Uh, so verse 22, and you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Amen. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass when you come to the land, which the Lord will give you, just as he promised that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshiped. Then the children of Israel went away and did so just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. This subtitle says the 10th plague, death of the firstborn. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he, all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt for there was not a house there, um, for there was not a house where there was not one that, um, that was dead. Verse 31 says, the Exodus, then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel and go serve the Lord as you have said, amen. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said and be gone and bless me also. Hmm, why would Pharaoh say bless me also? So yeah, I think I was just asking you when he said, um, and bless me also. <laughs> Pharaoh said, bless. he has been asking that from the last nine plagues, bless me. But then he turns around and says, psych, I'm not letting y'all go anywhere. <laughs> but what made this one? <laughs> Those times he just said, please entreat your Lord that he will take this plague from us. But this time he says, and bless me also. <laughs> In verse 33, and the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. Now, mm -hmm. if we remember to the listeners prior in the uh, chapters, God did say when they're going to leave that he will... He will soften the hearts, basically turn the people to agree into giving them everything they need. So this is God's word coming to fruition here. Yeah. Now the children of Israel, oh, sorry, and verse 36, and the Lord had given the people favor. There goes that word favor. And may we all have favor in God's sight in the name of Jesus. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. The, mm -hmm. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 men on foot, 
besides children. 600,000 men on foot. And that's not even including the number of children. So their children are with them too. A mixed multitude went up with them also and flocks and herds a great deal of livestock. And they baked 11 cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt for it was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. That's a, that's something we want to hold on to later because we'll see why. It said, nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. And this, this can tailor into today. God somehow hastens you out of a job that you were probably long overdue to get out of. And then we're like, wait, but I didn't prepare myself. I don't have any savings. I don't have nothing. What am I supposed to do? Aha. Uh-huh. Am I, am I right, sis? Yeah, you <laughs> know it. This is where the faith now comes in. I yep. took you out of there. So clearly I'm going to provide. But because we can't see it, and this is why faith is defined as what? <laughs> because we can't see it, we're just like, but wait a minute, God. I'm talking about like next week, we're not going to have food. How, how, right. how is this going to happen? But this is where your trust in God comes in. Uh, so now... The sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. 430 years, they were under yeah. captivity. Yep. Whew. It is Sound a night- familiar? Uh, okay, hello. Hello. <laughs> but you know, Lily, come on now. <laughs> We got to take baby steps. Okay. <laughs> we got listeners from different walks, right? There might be some people who already know what it is and maybe even surpass us. And there may be some listening that are like, whoa, wait a minute. What does that mean? What does it mean? So very quickly, <laughs> Lily, just for those who are probably curious when they just tune in, what do you mean when you say, does that sound familiar? You know, listen, again, <laughs> we, I try not to insert ourselves into the story. Uh, hey. However, <laughs> reading Exodus had me take a very different perspective of American slavery than is what what is taught. Um, In the Bible, you see slavery being a punishment for Israel Mm -hmm. for their disobedience against God. Mm -hmm. Um, The story or the narrative that goes with American slavery is that we were stolen Mm -hmm. and that we were scattered. And the the comparison or the similarities that you can attribute to Israel are are very sort of glaring, right? Um, But it also makes you think about the premise. What was the premise? Was it because of disobedience to Mm. them that these people in Africa were taken across the nation, across the the ocean, Mm -hmm. and scattered? amongst numerous nations Mm -hmm. you know and that's a position that a lot of people aren't ready for Mm. they're not ready that just that thought that narrative because what's been served to them is one of uh just what's the right word hence the rebellion through the so-called being woke nation Yes, yes. Mm. And so if you started to look at it through the eyes of disobedience, Mm -hmm. your whole perspective and attitude about where you are today would change significantly. But there's sort of this entitlement. That's the word I was looking for. That's it. Yep. That's the word I was looking for. It's an entitlement that comes with you believing. If you believe you were stolen Mm -hmm. rather than punished... Um, there's an entitlement that comes of you owe me something. Yep. Yep. When 
if it's by God's hand this happened to us, we are owed nothing. Amen. Just to be clear. If anything, we are still in debt today. We owe God everything. Still in debt. <laughs> we're still we're in debt. Many are still in mental captivity. And hence, we're, we're still basically paying wages. And what's the wages of... That's it. Okay. The wages of sin is death. That's it. That's it. Mm. Verse 42. It is, a, is it, a, it is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord, a solemn observance for the children, for all the children of Israel throughout their generations. Amen to that. Verse 43, and the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat it. But every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he may eat it. Can we treat that real quick? Mm-hmm. No foreigner. And again, I know we're always probably going to jump ahead because, you know, we're pretty versed in the word. But for those who don't know what's ahead, how would you describe no foreigner shall eat it, but through circumcision may now eat it? Yeah. So to me, this is, again, the foreshadowing of what we see happen with Christ. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus is very clear. I came for Israel, mm. not for the Gentile. But then we learn through Israel's rejection mm-hmm. of Jesus, it's through their rejection and their disobedience that the Gentile is now allowed to be saved, not by physical circumcision, but by spiritual. Amen. I think that should be very clear cut for anyone listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, sis. Mm-hmm. Verse 45, a sojourner and a hired servant shall not eat it. In one house, it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. But for the sake of time, we're going to go through it. But this is definitely something we can um, break down later on. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised and then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as a native of the land for no uncircumcised person shall eat it. One mm-hmm. law shall be for the native born and for the stranger who dwells among you. Thus, all the children of Israel did, as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Verse 51, the last verse of chapter 12 says, And it came to pass on that very same day that the Lord brought the children out, out of Israel, the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, according to their armies. Whew. So chapter 12 is pretty lengthy. As you heard, yes. me, it says 51. But yes, it, 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 it carries so much weight. It has so much that we can really tie into our you know life today mm-hmm. and even as black people. Mm-hmm. But again, our eyes have to be open spiritually to understand how this how we can definitely correlate blacks with Israelites, at least in their experience, in their journey. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. And this is how my reconciliation one here's what we find Mm -hmm. we find in these last couple of verses that there needs to be unity in christ amen right unity under god christ has not yet come but we're showing unity unto god even those who are israelites and strangers if Mm -hmm. they go through the process of being like you yes then they can be identified with you aka circumcision yes and this is through physical circumcision. In mm-hmm. the New Testament, we see spiritual circumcision and a grafting of those yes. who are not of Israel being grafted yes. to the family of Israel. Yes. So 
even when it comes to, you know, what, there are many people who look to see the African-American story in the Bible. And if, if you want to do that, you just have to be very honest with the fact that even if you want to consider those who were taken as the Israelites, if you want to sort of play that argument out, it still mm-hmm. means we were disobedient to God. It still means we have to find Christ to be redeemed. And it still means we're the ones that got him nailed to the cross. Not yeah. much to really boast about. Not at all. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. Not much to boast about. Uh-uh. Um, but, you know, when people try to insert themselves into the story, that's that those are the parts that they seem to overlook. Yeah. So if you want to insert yourself into the story, be 100% honest and, and, exactly. and know that that yeah. means that then your ancestors are responsible for the yeah. death of Christ and you should be doing everything in your power to make sure you stay at the foot of that cross. Right. And the ancestors who are responsible for the death of Christ are the ancestors you guys are so awakened to and that you're worshiping. Again, you are right. offending God. <laughs> right. And the so creation and not the creator. The story of the Israelites are very similar <laughs> to our people. But yeah, you, uh, we, we share a yeah. mutual um, fellow sister in the Lord, Abby, and you know that's always her argument, yes. right? She's always like, "I'm telling mm-hmm. you, we are this. This is African people. This is African." <laughs> and I get what she's saying. And and as we read the Bible, for those who are from a Caribbean slash African background, you will notice a lot of similarities in our thinking in in certain customs and traditions. They're very similar to how it, uh, the Bible is written as well. You know, it's just that unfortunately we take these traditions and these customs and we make that the way of life when yeah. God's way is better. Right. So that's right. Oh my God, Lily, I, I really appreciate you. I think we can get yeah. through 13 because it's not a lot and we'll just uh-huh. we'll go right through it. Okay. So uh, chapter 13 now, and the uh, subtitle is The Firstborn Consecrated. Then mm-hmm. the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me. All the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. And Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. And uh, I meant to say that the subtitle for this is the Feast of the Leavened Bread. On this day, you are going out in the month of Abib. Mm-hmm. And I, I I would like to really find out that month of Abib, unless you know that off the top of your head. I think it's the next month um, after Nissan. Uh, so so somewhere between May and June. Yep. Probably. Okay. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites the, and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, which he swore to your fathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this service in this month. It's so interesting because this is a foresight to the fact that Israelites will eventually be scattered. Mm-hmm. But no matter where you're going to be scattered, make sure you always remember this day. Keep this day. Yeah. Clearly, that's, we will, we'll refer to <laughs> Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. And on the seventh day, there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened mm-hmm. bread shall be eaten seven days, and no leavened bread shall be, shall be seen among you, nor shall leaven be seen among you in all your quarters. And you shall tell your son in that day, saying, This is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up from Egypt. Notice the word the Lord is being used. Mm-hmm. It shall be as a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes, that the Lord's law may be in your mouth 
for with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. Subtitled The Law of the Firstborn, verse 11, And it shall be, when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers, and gives it to you, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, for all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn, that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with the lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Why not a donkey? You know, I read this before and I couldn't understand why did the donkey have to be replaced with the lamb? Mm-hmm. I'm, we'll look into that. I never really... Yeah, that's a good... That's yeah. A good, um... what, what is it about the... Well, the donkey is an ass, technically, right? Huh. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let me... I'm going to have to put a highlight on that. Okay. And and anyone who's listening, please, when you send your questions in, if you, if you find something on that, please, I'm more than happy to hear it. Exodus 13, verse 13. All right, so 14. So it shall be, when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this? You shall say to him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. <laughs> in a world today where we live in, love is love. Who wants to hear that, right? <laughs> Why is God, what kind of wicked God is that? <laughs> Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It mm-hmm. shall be as a sign on your hand and as frontlets between your eyes. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. The wilderness way verse 17 then it came to pass when pharaoh had let the people go that god did not let them by way of the land of the philistines although that was near for god said lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to egypt hmm. something to treat so god led the people around by way of the wilderness of the red sea and the children of israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of egypt and moses took the bones of joseph with him For he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. Mm. Now, that Mm. was in Genesis when Joseph had said that, and it's coming to pass here. Verse 20, so they took their journey from Sukkoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. And this ends chapter 13 with verse 22. Whew. So sis, yes. having, having read all this, how do, we, how do we summarize our understanding of what happened here in chapter 13? Obviously we understand that the thing of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, they still had to remember it even in their journey yes. out of the land of Egypt. But the sim the symbolism from this uh, chapter thirteen. What can you give us in so conclusion? For me, mm-hmm. it's remembering God's way, right? Yes. It so we learn that God led them. There was a path that was closer, mm-hmm. but they couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about us today and how stubborn we are in our own way. Mm. We know the way. We think we do. 
<laughs> at least right and we want to take the fastest path but what if that's not the one God wants us to take it said through that way they may have got they may have gotten afraid Amen. and turned back yep yep so he led them through the wilderness that I mean that to me is if you want a, a message or a theme to wrap this up it is God's way is the best way, even when it's not the closest way. Amen. Even when it's not the easiest way. Mm. Because you don't know what you're going to encounter on that quick path. Mm. And his safety and security is more important than speed. Oh, yes. It's making me think about some things I'm going through in my own life. Girl, I'm I'm so... I know you didn't just say that. That was my thought. Go ahead, sis. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, just, you know, where I'm sort of like, why is this taking so long? Mm. How often are we the Israelites? And we didn't even get to the part where they start complaining about being in the wilderness. (laughs) And, you know, we read earlier in Exodus, remember when they did complain? Like, oh, look at what you have done. You went to go to Pharaoh to tell him to let us go. And all he did was make us work harder. And now they're yeah. not even going to supply us with what we need to even build this nonsense they want us to build. You know, they, right. they, that was a little bit. And they complained there. Oh, guys. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely love. Woo, I love how you um, concluded that. That is for sure something to think about today. You know, when you know that God has given you a promise. He may have even showed you in a dream, but because he's you've already seen it, your impatience won't even allow you to let God take you through the process. So, and that's for all of us, right? We, like Lily said, I have those moments too. I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I know that sh- this is where you want me to go, but if I just did this, wouldn't I get there a little faster? Would right. it, wouldn't, this, <laughs> wouldn't this work? Because we're, we're trying like to give working. God suggestions. Like, <laughs> Can you Did you look at this? The God that gave us life. We're sitting here talking like, about uh, a math lord. I got a math. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and you know what's funny? Because God is our father, just like a parent would be like, well, you know, if you think that's gonna work, you go ahead. And then you get there, and you dare not say, Lord, why me? Because uh, why not you? Well, I mean, I did call you for a purpose, but you wanted to follow a different calling. Right. Or you get there and the road is blocked and you're like, yeah, well, the streets are closed and the parent is sort of like, well, I mean, I watched the news this morning. I knew that. Right. That's why I wanted to go this way. (laughs) But you wanted to go your own way. Oh, man. Here's the thing, too. Uh It says, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So they had literally they had God with them in a physical manifestation yeah not not in a person but in something visual that they could see yes, yes. and in later chapters they still complain you right know, but god is, is literally with you yes. if i saw god leading me by a pillar of a cloud and a pillar of fire i'm keeping my mouth shut I, and i'm just <laughs> yes sir you do said make a le- okay where's the cloud going now hello <laughs> I agree with you, sis. But maybe it's because we know Christ, right? Now, if we didn't know Christ, if we didn't know Christ personally, because yeah. you got to think about the state of the Israelites. In this day, 
they were not able to have personal relationships with God. Only that chosen person. And in this instance, that person is Moses. Moses. So Moses has the direct connect, right, to God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're all sort of, they're like, well, we trying to follow this guy. He's saying he's hearing from God, but, you know, I don't really know. (laughs) Because they haven't had the experience themselves. And even though they can see the cloud and they can see the fire, they're still like, look, what's happening in Egypt? Hmm. Yep. I understood my routine in Egypt, right? Yep. Jesus tells us at the rising of Lazarus from the dead, there were still people who saw Jesus rise Lazarus from the dead with their own eyes oh, yes. and walked away that day unbelievers. Mm. It means even when God shows himself, when your heart is not postured to him, when you are not his, when you're not... Yep a child of God, the potential for you to walk away still exists. Yep. Yep. And the falling away is like the worst thing ever. Listen, this is why we must pray for people's heart to be fertile, to be in the right place for them to take their heart of stone and and replace it with a heart of flesh because God can show himself and there's someone who will still not believe it. They'll write it off. Maybe it's my imagination. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm seeing things. Maybe, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, But those who have a heart for Christ will lean and yield to his directions. Hmm. So on that note, where you just left off, to round up, and and, and, uh, hopefully you can give us a prayer to end today's uh, episode. This last question I want to ask, not the least, because you'll be back again. But this last question I want to ask is to those who are listening now who never um, took the time to actually open the Bible themselves, but hearing how we are given this dialogue. um, And I I guess I want to ask a question on behalf of whoever may have this question, right? To say, I know we're reading this Bible, but how do we really know for sure that these things weren't just written? How do we know God has anything to do with it? So someone is not our job that's the holy spirit's job amen so if i tell you this is i believe the bible is the you know just undeniable word of god Mm -hmm. written by men who were inspired by the holy spirit Mm -hmm. not by their own understanding or their own will but by god's will writing exactly what he said um if someone questions that you know, history gives us a good foundation to support the inaccuracy of the Bible. It tells oh, yes. us that it has the most original manuscripts out of any other book in circulation, oh, period, yes. written by hand over and over for accuracy. Mm-hmm. So we have that. If someone questions whether or not this is the infallible word of God, I would recommend that they go to the Lord in prayer. God will show himself to you. If you need confirmation, he will provide it. If you pray genuinely and say, Lord, I, I kind of, I kind of think I want to know you, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I, I walk outside and I know this all didn't happen by itself. Mm -hmm. Lord, can you Mm -hmm. show me who you are? and how you operate so that I can trust you. Because the Bible tells us we only need faith the size of a mustard seed. And a mustard seed is quite tiny. Very tiny. (laughs) But what it grows to when you 
when you plant it, it's mm. unbelievable. Mm. And that's how God can grow our faith, our understanding. He will do it, even Amen. if we come with a little bit of faith. Amen. Sis, take us out in prayer with that. All right. Well, Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful for this time we were able yes. to come together, be yes. with you. Lord, you tell us in your word where two or more are gathered in your name, there you will be also. Yes. Lord, but both of us, we already are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So we thank you for one, being here amongst us to hear us share your word, but also for the gift of your Holy Spirit living within us, providing a revelation, understanding, direction, leading our lives on your behalf. Lord, we ask that for anyone listening to this broadcast today, Lord, that if they don't know you and want to know you, Lord, that you use this podcast as an opportunity for them to be introduced to another level of you, to touch their hearts and to recognize that there may be some things they don't have right. Lord, you tell us that you clean us up, that you make us new, and that when we come to you, the old us dies and a new creation is, is made. So Lord, anyone struggling with where they are in their walk with God, if they're caught up in some of the things of this world and traditions and and just believing that somehow we should replace white supremacy with black superiority. Lord, Mm. show them that you are the ultimate authority in this world and that you are the one who dictates when nations fall. You are the one who determines when the last day of this earth is going to be and the new heavens and the new earth will come. So, Lord, we just ask in this time that you bless this podcast. Lord, I ask that you bless Anike, that you bless her listeners so that they can be equipped and fortified to know more of your word and share it with others as a beacon for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In Jesus' name. Thank you so much, my dearest, beautiful sister. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Lily John. Again, make sure you follow her on her social media platforms at My Life is Lily J. And you heard it here first, June 28th. It is dropping her podcast called Just Mom Talk. And I know you definitely don't want to miss that. So make sure you subscribe right here on Anchor as well. Uh, And make sure you also subscribe to her website so that if you are in a financial kaput, so to speak, (laughs) she can help you dress it up, make it look really good so you can still be stylish and still be balling, right? On a budget. (laughs) On On a budget. budget. On a budget. (laughs) Not free balling. You're balling on a budget. Um, And so that's where where my sister comes in, for lack of a better term, not free balling. But but that's where my sister comes in. So make sure this is how you know this is live. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Look, right? I can't even try to to cut that out. That's that's it's already said and done. So once again, we want to thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, so that you can be the first to know when it is going to drop. You can also send a voice message through this platform as well. And I can play that message on the next episode and try to answer your question with the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank you all once again. Be blessed and remember to put God first. Lily, God bless you. God bless you. God bless your family. And thank you so much. We can't wait to have you back again. Thank you. I can't wait to be back. All right. Be blessed. All right, everyone. All right. Bye.